All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show. We are live in Las Vegas, wherever and however you may be watching and uh, listening to me today. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook is where you can like and follow me on all media platforms. Also, subscribe to the Spotlight Sports Network here, your home for the Snake Sports Talk Show. And also subscribe to the Snake Sports Talk Show as well. And also follow me on Spotify for all of my latest podcast episodes. I am so happy and I'm so glad to be here with all of you throughout this weekend. What a hard week. Uh, It's been quite the hard week. Um, I mean, I'll admit it. I'll admit it myself. Um, Lots of things have been coming out and a lot of things have been happening all within the span of a few days. And... Um, words itself can't really kind of describe just the inner feeling that everybody is having right now, whether it's, you know, the ongoing protests that we know is happening, um, all of us dealing with the pandemic and trying to find ways to deal with this and, um, find some ways of normalcy. What's nice about here in Vegas is. Doors are starting to open. Doors are finally starting to open. I'm happy. I'm excited. Um, and maybe now Vegas will hopefully be back on the map. Uh, I think the biggest one was getting the casinos open because we know that there were a lot of people who were missing the casinos and missing the, um, you know, the fun times that everybody would you know be hanging out and and just chilling during weekends. Um, so I'm very happy and I'm very excited to have that back. Uh, I wanted to start forth with this because we know that there has been an ongoing situation that has been happening for a week and all throughout this work week. Um, And let me just tell you this. What we're dealing with right now, especially going through pandemic, we're now going through the fight against the system and police brutality, and it has weighed a lot of minds. It has weighed a lot of minds. And I respect everybody's perspectives and opinions and so much. Um, By the way, thank you for everybody who is subscribing. I really, really do appreciate it. Um, But my biggest thing is is this. Um, The world that we live in today, society, the public, And everything that's going on in everyday life is expressing to us how divided of a country we really are. And it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking to see that because you just, you, you, you see it everywhere. You see it in local news. You see it in national news. You see it on your timelines and social medias, and you see it on every post. And listen, I, I'm very fair with everybody. I'm not one-sided. Um, especially with this network that I'm very, very blessed to be a part of is such a even killed and balanced network. And everybody, all the colleagues that I work with here are absolutely amazing. They're probably one of the best innovative minds I've ever worked with. And I'm very blessed and happy to have all of them a part of this team. And uh, so everything that's been happening now, the one thing, and I know I said this last weekend, 
and kind of expressing my thoughts with all with all that's been happening, especially with uh, the murder of George Floyd and so much more. And so now everything's kind of come out to the point where a lot of athletes are taking a stand. Jalen Brown, LeBron James, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes. A lot of people are taking a stand and they are taking a fight against police brutality and, of course, a corrupted system, which I'm all about it. I I I am all about uh, in needs of change. I really am. And I hope that we do come to some sort of agreement and we do come to some sort of an understanding. And I think that that's all what's the case here. That's the case in point. And we realize that this has been something that has been a struggle and has been a fight for years. And it's what has shaped our country to where we are at this very present moment. And so Drew Brees, quarterback of the New England of uh, the New Orleans Saints, he came out with a comment this week, and his comment got an awful lot of backlash. Because the point of it is, and I say this from pure honesty, that when it comes to getting your point across, when it comes to fighting against something or believing in something there's every millions of people you could see nationwide worldwide are all standing for something we do this all the time and this is all in specific matters but i think what we've come to this day and age and what we've come to in this era is i think that all of us i hold myself accountable also is that we all have tendencies where even if we stand, we all have tendencies of how we deliver. Drew Brees came out with a comment and mentioned about everything that's been happening in society lately and taking a stand against police brutality and, of course, the system. And mentioned about um, our military and our American flag. And I think the point across, and again, I... I, I understand what drew was trying to get out but i think the delivery at the end of the day was not sound and particularly it was not the case of what's happening currently like i'll give you an example you don't see people burning the american flag disrespecting our country that's not the case the case in point is is we're trying to change a system that has been corrupted for years has nothing to do with our our nation has nothing to do with our military. And listen, I have military friends. My family is also military oriented. That's how we were raised. That's how we were disciplined. And we've learned that there's a perspective that you go like you you basically go through every walk of life and it builds a perspective. And that's the thing. I know a lot of people, that's the, that's the thing about it. Everybody is standing for something, but the tendency is how you deliver. So, and, uh, and, and not only just Drew Brees, but even Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm, newly drafted Buffalo Bill, came out and said something. A lot of these athletes are coming out and saying something. And we know that the leaders out there, uh, especially, um, especially, um, St Steven Jackson is definitely a leader. 
and he's a guy who's very even keeled with everybody and he's all about standing up he's all about standing for uh against police brutality and equality and he's very even keeled with everyone that i can consider is a leader that is one who is not afraid to show his colors he stands behind what he believes in and is willing to march with a clear conscience for change and i respect that that is something that i too would do in that same position and so I respect Steven Jackson for that. And I'm very, very glad that he was able to take a stand for it. But the problem of it is as well, is that when you have the small percentage, the small percentage of people, these are people outside of peaceful protesting. The ones that you see are looting, stealing, burning down buildings, and all of this. These are the ones who are taking advantage of the time when people are focusing on the protests, but then there are some of them that kind of lose the eye of the ball of things that are happening. And those people, I guarantee you, had nothing to do during the pandemic and are now casting this out. And it's interesting because Stephen Jackson even said that what's happening in Minneapolis is that's how they're choosing to carry that out. And I speak upon this because especially living here in Vegas, Vegas, we've gone through something that's unimaginable. We went through October 1st, 2017, the scariest time in our city where the lights went blank, where the lights went black and people were in grave danger. And it's hard. It was absolutely hard. Because this all had to deal with one madman who casted out his method of madness. And lots of those people didn't deserve what was coming. None of them. And so here in Vegas, we're all about equality. We're all about pushing for equality. And I see this everywhere. I see this in Los Angeles. I see this in Atlanta. I see this in Minneapolis. I see this in New York City. I see this all around nationwide. We are all pushing for equality. And it's interesting because I was challenged this this week because of a story that I had put and made it feel like it was a perspective of my own. Listen, I respect everybody's perspectives. I do. Even if people have different perspectives other than my own. I respect that. And I understand. I understand that they're upset. I know what it, I, I know that feeling of what it means to be lied to, broken promises. I understand that. I do. And I'm very, very equal with it. I'm pushing for change also. Because I do believe, um, I do believe that we, we, we are going to see the light at the end of the tunnel when this is finally resolved. Um, this is an interesting question. Do you think that what's happening now with the NFL admitting their wrongs, that Kaepernick comes back? Now, this is the other thing. This is the other thing that kind of shifts my focus on it because now the person who is coming out is Colin Kaepernick. And we all remembered, and those of you that are just tuning in, uh, Colin Kaepernick years ago, 
was standing up, not just, he wasn't just standing, he wasn't standing against the American flag. He was standing against the things that were happening within the nation, the things that the nation can't see. And I think it's interesting that all of this now is kind of coming together and it's all making sense. And yeah, it, it could be the case that now NFL owners are starting to realize what's happening. And this is now where all these, all the players, all the coaches, I mean, here's what's interesting. We've, we've heard millions of great voices, including guys like uh, 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan. And so all these coaches, players are all speaking out. And they're all fighting for the same reasons. Equality. Understanding. And hoping to build a better system. And so I think with everything happening, I mean, look, I have my personal reasons about Colin Kaepernick, but I think with everything that has happened, it has now shed the light of what it, of now it makes sense. And so with everything happening, my biggest thing is this, and, I, and I'm not political. That's not what this network is all about. But in my perspective, how I see this, is that there are three things in this country that we know are have have been and still are corrupted. Number one is the government. And what do I mean by that? It means that there have been people who sit in the government offices. And the ones that I'm talking about are the ones who have been sitting in the seats for 30 to 40 years. I do believe there needs to be innovative change. I do believe that there needs to be young, intelligent minds in government the ones that I think are the rational thinkers, the ones who um, who think these things out. Because listen, have you ever seen the movie Stand and Deliver? There was a time in that film where all these kids and everybody kind of looked at them based upon the outside. But when you actually look from the inside out, that's where you find the real truths behind it. So again, everybody is standing for something, but not sure how to deliver. And that happens. But that's where we all have to educate ourselves. Listen, I'm listening and I'm learning as I'm going with all this. So government to me needs, needs to have an innovative change. And I think these people need to move on. Because I think it's been far too long. We're in a different era. We are in a different society now <clears throat> that... We have lot we have tons of access to everything. And that's something that we need to to get a hold of and we need to make a change. The second is the system itself. Because listen, I can't imagine. I can't imagine being in the shoes of the black community and understanding how the feeling is when you get up whether you're going to work or you're going somewhere and you're driving and you, and you know, you're, it's like a Sunday joyride. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous outside. And all you want to do is just enjoy a day. And I can't imagine the anxiety, the, um, not so much tension, but the feeling of being watched by certain law enforcement. I cannot imagine that. And I think part of that is why I do believe there needs to be an equality in the middle of it. There has to be. It has to be suitable for all people. 
regardless of races, regardless of um, language preference, regardless of profession, and so on and so forth. It has to be built as a system equally to each other. And that's another thing, too, is it even has to, to deal with our, our police departments from the inside as well. Because the second, and this is the thing, not all cops are bad. I do believe that there are good cops out there, the ones who wear the badge with honor, dedication, and they protect and serve our, our great communities. And it's interesting because I remember uh, listening to Steven Jackson's um, his interview in The Herd, and he mentioned about you know hiring on people who have known certain communities for a long extended period of time, and I agree. I do believe we need to have more people in the departments like that. Because if you were born and raised in a certain city, in a certain community, and you go and you try out for the police department, why not? They've seen it. They understand it, and they know it. And they know how to take action in a smart, efficient way. And I believe that there are some who probably don't believe in that, and I think need to have a change. And finally, the last is the media as a whole. The news, social media, lots of things I do believe are corrupted. It's the reason why that this society is shaped the way it is currently. And it's heartbreaking. Because everything that's being casted out on social media or being casted out on the news is nothing but negativity. And that's something that's got to stop. Because how can all of us as individuals live on with our lives if there's this much negativity? Think about it. The way that things are being portrayed is poor. Because they're portraying more of the fear, more of the, the wrong ways of protesting, rather than Look at the peaceful protesters here in this state between them and the police department. I've seen videos of where they both have come together. That's what we need to express. That's what we need to, to see more often. And that's something that media needs to get a hold of. And they need to stop pushing this negativity. Because that's the part that corrupts a lot of young people's minds. I speak upon this as a young 25-year-old, and people around in my age group don't understand it. And again, that is something that needs to change. And I do believe also that education in itself needs to be adjusted. And it needs to be adjusted properly and efficient so that it helps a lot of young and intelligent minds be well-educated when it comes to taking stands like this. Because I'm telling you, lots of people are taking stands. But the only question is how you deliver. If you deliver with rational thinking, you see the ins and outs, you break down everything, and then when you get to your point, when you peer review and you're ready to either put it on a post or you're ready for... Um, uh, an interview, you're ready for that because you've ed educated your mind. 
So it's one of the things that I think is the biggest difficulty. But right now where we stand as a society um, is why the reason sports has always been impactful for stuff like this. It has been. Which leads me now to my next case. And me personally is why I want baseball back. I truly, truly do want baseball back. Listen, NHL has a plan. NBA has a plan. Soccer's coming up with a plan. You know, it's the only baseball we're currently watching right now, the KBO, the Korean Baseball League. That's the only baseball we're watching is overseas. We don't have baseball in this country going on currently. Golf has a plan where they're trying to um, limit fans in attendance to watch, you know, Tiger and watch Phil and watch a lot of these golfers. We're getting that back. I'm sure we're going to have a plan for NASCAR for limited fans to watch races. And some point soon when all of this is over, we may have plans for limiting fans in the stands when it comes to the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL. But this part of baseball is what ticks me off. Because at the end of the day, they had a proposal. 114 games with fair amount of incentives and the decision for players if they want to play or if they don't because they don't want to take the risk. And that got rejected. This is unbelievable. Baseball, for as long as I've watched and for as long as I have played, Baseball taught me life. Baseball has taught me life and what to expect. Because I'll be honest with you. In my life, my personal life, I've gone through a lot. I've gone through so much. I won't explain it. But I've gone through enough that it has opened my eyes to the realities, the blind truths, and the understandings. And in my life, I live my life one pitch at a time. The reason why that I say that and the reason why that I carry my life like that is because I don't know what the pitcher's throwing. And the pitcher, you know who that is? That's life. Life is going to throw you a fastball, change up, curveball, knuckle, or some other pitch. But whatever pitch is getting thrown to you, you're the batter. You're the one who possesses the opportunities of building the bridge for you to live a happy and healthy life. So whatever pitch is being thrown at you from life, you got to learn how to adjust. You got to learn how to see it. And you got to react to it the best way possible. If there's anything that baseball has done in this country, it has unified us. Baseball unified us when it was a time when we were going through world wars. It was a time when we broke the color barrier and Jackie Robinson was the absolute cornerstone of making that happen. And it's a fabulous, fantastic story of how it happened. And it changed the game forever. Baseball had been there two weeks after 9-11 hit. 
And it brought us back to each other again. When the world stood still and silent, it almost felt like it went dark. Baseball unified us. Where is baseball now? With the dividing of our country? The corrupted system? The pandemic? Where is baseball in the middle of this? And this is what's disappointing. I'm not taking anything away from the NFL or the NHL or even in the NBA. But baseball, you need to snap out of whatever funk this is and you need to get back. Because at the end of the day, unification is what we need in this country. It is what we need. And baseball, here's the thing. This is why that I say baseball unifies us is because there are so many players in Major League Baseball who are of different ethnicities, different races, and they all come together to play a great game. There are people who play overseas. There are even people who play here in the na- nationwide. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I love watching Little League World Series because of all the little kids, the futures of baseball, watching them and how they express the way baseball should be played and the way the game should be respected. This fight over money between the owners and the players is nonsense. And listen, I, I this is my proposal. I would put the games at 82, 82 games shortened season and what i would do is promote interleague games promote in-division games uh primetime games and what's the slogan let the kids play how come we're not doing that how come baseball is not expressing that if the players got stylish cleats stylish gloves stylish uniforms let them wear it let them wear it We're not changing the tradition of the game that has gone on. Uh, By the way, last year, we celebrated 150 years of baseball. That long. We're not changing the tradition of it. We are evolving and we're making the tradition of the game better than where it was. In Major League Baseball, you are lacking. You are lacking. The NBA, I'm going to talk about this afterwards when we take a break. They got a proposal that they're they're making a 22 team playoff bracket and all and they're coming back July 1st. The NHL has a 24 team playoff bracket. So they've got their plan in place. The NFL just had the draft, just had free agency. They released the schedule and they're ready all systems are go. Where is baseball in the middle of this? And that's the part that's disappointing because the way I see it, this is more than money. You will find a way to come back to it financially, but you can't do it when you're in the middle of a pandemic and you're in the middle of a, of a protest because in order to get that money back, you got to have fans in the stands. Those players are not going to make the incentives that they need to if there is no fans in the stands. Understand that. And it's ridiculous. 
It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, coming up next, I'm going to be talking a little bit more on the NBA and kind of breaking down the 22 teams because I think there's a little bit of something that I don't completely agree with, especially with the teams involved. And I'll explain a little bit about that and what I personally would probably adjust if I was the NBA. But at least we're getting sports back. That's the best thing. We're getting sports back. We're getting some sort of normalcy, and hopefully this will help us in the long run. Don't go anywhere. The Snake Sports Talk Show will be right back.
By the way, I wanted to play this little skit of this song. It was something that I was sent to uh, from a friend of mine. Uh, you can definitely check it out. The song's title name is called Worldwide Beautiful by country singer Kane Brown. Absolutely loved it. Um, it's something that has truly touched the heart and um, I think really truly needs to be expressed out a lot more, especially in uh, the state of mind that the nation is going through currently and hoping that we can come to some sort of resolvement and come to some sort of solution and unification when we find it. Uh, so I wanted to talk more about the NBA. And so this is what they were planning to do. They have a 22-team proposal for the playoffs um, and bringing the season back. And the season will be back online uh, the 31st of July. And so I'm very excited and very happy that the NBA is back. But however, the way they propose and the way that they explain the plan is something that I'm going to break down here. Because so basically what they're saying is, is the NBA has proposed 22 teams. And the way they broke this down is 13 teams in the West and nine in the East are the ones that are going to represent in this playoff. This is interesting. But here's the thing that I look from the inside out. When I think of 22, I would think it should be even because the NHL put out a 24-team playoff bracket that is divided evenly for the Western and the Eastern Conference. But in the NBA, you have more teams in the West representing instead of uh even amounts for both the East and West. What does that tell you about the NBA? It kind of tells you a little bit about how the NBA over the years, and this is what I, I made a point on, is I think after Michael Jordan retired in the East, because the East was so dominant, the East had a lot of really good star players, and the West was just kind of picking themselves up. But after... After MJ left and retired, I mean, the tables have turned itself. Now the Western Conference, and this is the other thing, LeBron James moves from the East to the West, goes to LA. Now all the star players are in the West, and that's the most popular conference to watch. So... Here's what's interesting to me, and I'm looking at this currently. So if I'm looking at 13 teams in the West, uh, this is what we would have involved. You would have the Lakers, the Clippers, the, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Mavs, the Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, and the Spurs. And then you have the Phoenix Suns. That's interesting. 13 teams in the West. The only two, two teams you leave out is Minnesota and Golden State. But then let me turn around and look at this. You have the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat, the Pacers, the Sixers, the Nets, the Magic, the Wizards, 
the Hornets. Oh, oh, and um, the Bulls. What? What? Wow. That's a little interesting, isn't it? So let me ask you this. If you've got 13 teams in the West and you've got nine teams in the East, are you telling me that the Sacramento Kings are prepared to be a team ready for the playoffs? I doubt that. Especially, and look, this is why the NBA is so Western Conference dominant because of all the star players that are there. In the East, what are the star players you have? You have Giannis. You've got Jason Tatum, and you've also got Jalen Brown in Boston and Gordon Hayward. You got Toronto with Pascal Siakam, Marcus Saul. Miami, you got Jimmy Butler. Indiana, you have Victor Oladipo and Demantis Sabonis. And in Philadelphia, you have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Brooklyn, they're probably going to fall apart because Kawhi, because Kyrie and Kevin Durant are hurt. And Kevin Durant said there is no plan in returning back to the NBA. Absolutely none. So you already know the Brooklyn Nets are ready for next year. They're not ready for this year. And I look at the, the Orlando Magic and... I mean, they're, they're, they are a team that just got the lucky goal to ticket in because there's really not a whole lot you can expect from Orlando. And it's the same, I'd say, for Washington and Charlotte. Chicago got rid of a lot of people in their offices and are trying to reshape this organization to make them competitive again. And I have a colleague of mine who is a diehard Chicago Bulls fan. I have two of them, by the way. And they all say the same thing. They know that the coaching has to change. Coaching's got to change. The front offices, they've made their changes. Chicago's kind of primed to get themselves back in to being competitive again. But when I look at some of these teams, like Phoenix, the only one that I can think of is Devin Booker. Not all these players that are in Phoenix currently have fully developed. I say that with pure honesty. Like Devin Booker, outside of Devin Booker, who else can I really trust in Phoenix? San Antonio has changed. Okay, they were not the same dynasty as they were years ago. They still, but Greg Popovich still manages to keep them competitive, which is, again, it's a coaching method. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a coach's thing. Sacramento? Who can I think of outside of Buddy Hield, De'Aaron Fox, who I know can say, oh, Sacramento's ready for the playoffs. What? So the only ones that I think make sense to me is, number one, again, I look at Portland, and Portland kind of hit themselves. They hit a brick wall by the time they were in the middle of the season and they're trying to get themselves back. Memphis took a huge jump. The second John Morant came out as this rookie who I do believe is going to win rookie of the year took literally took Memphis to the playoffs. And then now with the extra teams coming in, you know what this is too? It's also promoting more of Zion because after watching the March madness a year ago, when Zion was being showcased and Zion was everywhere, 
and this is what's interesting because even living in Vegas, it's a bet. It, it's a better city because a lot of these big time bet guys, they bet heavily, especially when you got a guy like Zion in the playoffs. And imagine they're going to end up putting some money down on on New Orleans. If New Orleans ends up facing against, you know, teams like Memphis or teams like Dallas or teams like Houston. Trust me, that's what's going to happen. And listen, Charlotte, I know, is in a position where they're also in rebuild mode, but they got some good talent. Uh, Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, uh, P.J. Washington Jr. We know they've got some good talents, but they're not quite the team I would expect to see them in the playoffs. And yes, absolutely. Chicago's ownership needs to change. Absolutely. Because Chicago's been kind of riding this train where um, they haven't been competitive since since Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, the great guys in the 90s. They haven't been competitive. The only players that they produced really well was Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose was one who came out and shocked us all, wins rookie of the year and the youngest rookie to win rookie of the year. And he gets a huge huge endorsement deal with Adidas. That's probably the best product I'd seen, but the only terrible part is wasn't healthy for the playoffs. So I still do believe there needs to be an equal with this. Because 13 teams in the West and nine teams in the East just tells you how much favoritism that the NBA has for the West. It it, it makes no sense. That's why I do believe that 11 of those teams have to be both West and East. I mean, hockey, hockey did it. Hockey was able to, they were able to propose a 24-team platform where 12 teams of both the West and East can, can, be go, can go in. Because I'll tell you, the, the, these 12 teams, the Bruins, the Lightning, Capitals, Flyers, Penguins, ha- uh, Hurricanes, Islanders, Leafs, Jackets, Panthers, Rangers, ca- uh, Canadians, and the only ones that are left short are the Sabres, Devils, Senators, and Red Wings. But you and I already know that they are in superior rebuild mode. The Sabres lost their chances. They lost their chances by one game. And that's why a lot of people are pissed about it. But again, that's that's a logical reasoning. And in the West, you have the Blues, Avalanche, Golden Knights, Stars, Oilers, Predators, Canucks, Flames, Jets, Wild Coyotes, and Blackhawks. And all the teams are from California. The Ducks, the Kings, and the Sharks are the only ones not making it. That's because those three are in rebuild mode. They're in superior rebuild mode. But that's why I said that 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 equality in this playoff bracket needs to be expressed in the NBA. If you're going to do that also for for the NHL, you should do it for the NBA as well. The NBA has to look at what the NHL is doing. They know they have teams that are in superior rebuild mode. That's why nobody should complain. But at the same time, if you're going to promote this to bring up guys like John Morant or Zion Williamson, make it even. Because my only thing about this 
is even the teams in the Eastern Conference, even if they are in rebuild mode or they're somewhat, it's giving them juice so that they can experience that and then they can make the changes on what they need to in the organization to become a competitive playoff team. That's the only way I look at it. Coming up next, I'll be talking up a, a little bit more on the NHL because I think that I, I'm excited. I'm excited for the fact that NHL is going to be coming back. Um, and hopefully, you know, and, and I love this bracket. That's why I expressed it a little bit more than what the bracket proposal that the NBA has. But I'll explain a little bit more coming up. Uh, and I know that we're kind of coming up to the break soon. So it'll be something short, simple. Uh, but I will have that in the next hour as well. Um, and we'll be talking a little bit more on what we could expect in the coming days. Hopefully, we'll get to some sort of normalcy. I'm very, very happy to see that places are opening up, and you don't want to end up missing that here on the Snake Sports Talk Show.
You guys are just tuning in here. Welcome back here to the Snake Sports Talk Show. Uh, really do appreciate you guys, um, you know, hopping on and taking some time here. Uh, I got at least a couple of people who are definitely wanting to come on and uh, express their views on so many things that have been happening here. Um, <clears throat> and I'm very, very grateful to be able to get a better perspective as well. Um, and uh, again, it's it's unlike anything that I've ever even had. I, I can't even begin to tell you. Like when I woke up this morning, like I wasn't sure how I was gonna, you know, come about it. Like come across it. It was tough. It was difficult. Um, and I, 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 I. I <laughs> I had to take every single moment and every single information that I would have needed possible in order for me to get my point across. And um, it was difficult, but I was very glad that I was able to get it off my chest. And hopefully it does make sense to all of you. And hopefully, uh, you know, we come to some sort of understanding. Because again, I know my perspectives are my own, and a lot of other people have different perspectives. Uh, different than mine. And I respect that. I keep it an even platform. That's the real reason why that we have a network here. Because we have a network of young, intelligent minds who come on. They they post up their videos every day because that's all consistency. And all that is, is evaluating, kind of looking at all different perspectives as well and outcomes that might change in the middle of like, you know, for instance, the NFL, we've had a lot of our really good colleagues touch upon the NFL, especially the scheduling. Um, and, and, and again, I, I love it. I love everybody's views on it. And I think it's interesting. I did it, you know, again, I, I did a breakdown of the NFL of, you know, teams is, uh, schedules, their, records and so much more and it's it's great it's great because at least we see a perspective from other people's work and kind of either have a similarity or maybe there might be something where well let's look at this a little differently that's what i like about it that's what i love about this network the spotlight sports network is the best that i've ever uh been a part of and i'm very blessed to be a part of it and to work with the colleagues that I do, um, I I I enjoy it. It's the best, and you know it gives me a, a a platform and a home that I'm able to express out so much that's up on my mind. So I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, but again, all the different perspectives and all the different views. It's the same thing that's even happening here currently. Everybody has different perspectives. Everybody has different, they have different views and they have different opinions. But that's also why I bring on the colleagues that I do. I bring on the people who I think are very educated and are very, uh, like they're prepared for it. They're ready for every single subject. They're ready for every single topic. And it's the best, and we have a great time. You know, that's the that's the one thing. That, like, not only is it just a platform just to talk about sports, but it's even a getaway for me. 
because at least I'm in a place where here I am focused in and I'm ready to talk, you know, and, and that's the one thing for me personally, and I'm getting ready for the next, for the next hour. But my biggest thing is with everything that has happened in all the events, you know, it has shaped my mind to where my perspectives are my perspectives and my opinions are my opinions. And people commented all the time. And I appreciate the comments. I do. Because at least I see it from a different perspective than my own. And I do. I, and as I've said, I was challenged that. Seeing a perspective from other people than my own. And yes, I, I do. I understand it. Throughout this whole thing, I've been learning, listening, and coming to some sort of understanding, which is why I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do, regardless of all the events that have happened and what I may be shaping to maybe build a better potential for myself in the long run. And I hope that we come to that kind of resolution as a whole as well, because that needs to be expressed. And, you know, I woke up this morning with a fuel of fire. I woke up this morning with a fuel of fire. And <laughs> it's one that I, I, it's unexplainable. Words can't explain it, but it's a drive. It's a motive. To where I just see everything that has happened, I evaluated, I reviewed it, and I'm ready to take, I'm ready to take it to action. And that's kind of the thing that all of us are learning from this as well. Seeing what is happening, what's the problem, what we look for, you know, evidences and every single piece of information, and then review. And then come back with a solution. That's what it's all about. And that's how I felt this morning waking up. I woke up at 5 a.m. out here in Vegas time, in, P uh, in Pacific daylight time. And I woke up with that fuel of fire. Just can't wait. Can't wait to take that to action. Can't wait for the changes to come. And I know that these are some that are life changes for me. Because a lot of it showed me so much that I never thought I'd see. But it all makes sense. And it's all coming together. Hour two coming up next here on the Snake Sports Talk Show. Don't go anywhere.
ladies and gentlemen, hour two, we are back and live in the 702 in Vegas. This is the Snake Sports Talk Show, wherever and however you may be watching and listening. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is where you can like and follow me on medias. Also on the spot, the Spotify media platform where I put up all my podcasts and also subscribe to the Spotlight Sports Network and the Snake Sports Talk Show here on YouTube. I'm very, very glad to be here this weekend. And, you know, as I said, there were a lot of things that were happening all throughout the week. It's been a heavy-minded week. But I'm hoping that not only just myself and even for my special guest coming up here in just a moment, but we've learned something out of it. I think we've learned an awful lot of what's been happening all throughout this time. And I hope that you have as well. And I hope all of you are staying safe, staying healthy, and um, hoping that we have some sort of clarity beyond this. So my special guest coming on here, um, he's also an analyst that breaks down the San Francisco 49ers. He goes by Tay Rock. My man, what a crazy week it has been. How are things been shaping up with you out there? Man, it's been crazy, man. But uh, I'm staying safe, staying out the way. Hope everybody else is safe. Um, I'm glad you haven't got me on the show. First time on the show with you, brother. Definitely going to be on some more. Um, let's get into it. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, you know, it's, it, again, I, I said my piece beyond this when I started hour one of this show. And I just think that because of everything that has been happening uh, in the span of a week that, you know, uh, blinded truths are coming out. Lots of things are being explained. And and again, the more and more I just continue to see the videos and the posts still just kind of drives me to where my mind just feels heavy throughout this whole week. Take me into your perspective here. And when you had seen everything that had happened in that video and kind of analyzed and seen everything for, you know, what, what we need to do now as a nation to push forth the change, take me to your perspective, like kind of show me with your eyes, how you reacted to this. When I first seen this, I was very angry because as a police officer, you're never, never supposed to do that to anybody once you have handcuffs on, handcuffs on them. Actually, today I was on Instagram on a uh, a thing called No Gun Zone. It's an app in Philadelphia where a lot of things happen and people. I seen a video of a, two police officers today had the guy handcuffed because they stopped him because he said he had a gun. Okay, cool. Once you put a guy in handcuffs, they're no longer a threat. Had him in the handcuff, handcuffs, and these girls just walking past, and another officer um, pulled out his gun for no reason and told him that shut, shut the f up and back the f up. I'm like, that's not cool. Mm -hmm. But I'm gonna go back to the George Floyd thing. I just wanted to mention that like that happened today a couple hours ago, and I felt like it's still happening. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like, and I don't want to make it a race thing, but it's a lot of things that's happening with the African Americans that a lot of whites get away with, but not every white person. I'm not going to say that because there's some things white people do get locked up for and do time for. I'm not going to say mm -hmm. every white person is bad. Every black person is innocent. That's not true. Mm -hmm. um, but what that situation is, I feel like if they would just, just did their job correctly, they wouldn't have got fired. George Floyd would still be alive and there wouldn't be all these crazy protests. Mm -hmm. But 
it opens the people's eyes to see what's really going on out here because the bad cops are making the good cops look bad. Because mm-hmm. there are some good cops out here, and I know a few of them, but it's just the fact that it took that situation for a lot of people to understand what's really going on out here. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't have to come to that. A person losing their life for people to understand what's going on the police police brutality and different things that's going on. Because if the if the police officers do their job correctly, we wouldn't have none of these problems. Right. Justice system do they do their job the right way, we wouldn't have none of these problems. And I feel like the people that that dislike African Americans or Latinos or whatever, they were brought up that way. Mm-hmm. Nobody just born say, yeah, I don't like that person because of the color of their skin. They was raised that way. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how I look. Somebody around them was they taught taught them that. But there's no way my family could raise me and tell me uh, as a kid, my family raised me, tell me I'm gonna always listen to it because that's what they raised me on. My family mm-hmm. told me to love everybody, no matter what race, color you are. So I don't have nothing against nobody. It's just the fact that it's sad to see situations like that where every nation, every nationality is coming together for this particular situation. So in my conclusion, I just feel like everybody needs everybody needs to step up and work together as a nation. That's the only way we're gonna get through this because if not, it's still gonna be problems. We're still gonna have police brutality. We're still gonna have people hating each other. Erase the hate and just love everybody. It's no need for hate. It's no need. Right, and 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 I totally agree with you. And and again, uh, for all of my viewers and for a lot of my listeners, you know. And again, I I've told you before, I off the radio, you know, off the 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 live stream, I was challenged this whole week because. Number one, you know, I make a point of, and and again, everybody's perspectives are very, very different. But the fact being challenged on was seeing the perspective from somebody else's eyes rather than just your own. And I, and again, I, I, I totally, I totally understand it, and I respect that as well. You know, and that's why we have this network in the first place because it's an open platform for everybody's different perspectives. You know, and, and, and that's where I, I love that about this network. And so, and I think about this because again, the three things that I believe have been, have been, and still are, Oh, I think we might've dropped him. We'll, we'll get him back here in a second. Um, but no, I, I think that this is a great view. I honestly do believe that this is a great view. This is a great response because I think it's, it's, it, it's letting all of, you know, our viewers here understand that this is also from a perspective from one side, from another side of the story as well. And this is great. This is absolutely awesome. And this is something that we all needed to hear. And, um, <clears throat> and I really do appreciate, uh, Tayrock coming on here as well. And hopefully we'll be able to get him back on. Um, we'll be working on that. Oh, there he goes. All right, we got him back up on here. Yeah. There we go. It looks like a little little <laughs> miscommunication yeah, I, there. On yeah, the I, couldn't, I couldn't. I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear you after I got done talking. That's why I was trying to yeah. tell you I couldn't hear you. Yeah, I yeah. No, log out. Come back on. I had to come back on. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> All righty. So what I was trying to say is, is that I I do believe that I think the three components who what I believe have been and still are corrupted in this country today are the government the system as a whole, and I believe media. The fact that everything is kind of uh, uh, 
everything's kind of showing itself for, 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 for what it is. And I, I truly believe there needs to be more spread of positivity in all of this. Um, what, like, what's your thoughts to that? Because I, I do believe that those three components are the three pillars that I believe that we can shape ourselves to change. What are your thoughts on that? Um, actually, the media is bad too, but the media actually opened up people's eyes because if it wasn't for media and them body cams, we wouldn't have and probably haven't even known about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely, we definitely need to spread positively all through the world, no matter where you're at, because as long as people hating each other, nothing is never going to get solved. It's never going to get solved. And I've been seeing this type of stuff since I was a kid. I'm from Philadelphia, you know that, and I've seen a lot of stuff go on. Um, the only thing I have a problem with is when people say black lives matter. You can't say black lives matter when you're killing your own people. Don't say it when a cop does it. Do it for your own people as well. Any race, any lives matter, don't kill your own people. Because when you're killing your own people, black lives matter doesn't even matter when you're killing your own people. Mm-hmm. Don't go out and protest if you know you out there murdering your own kind. Like, that's not cool. Um but the justice system, if, if this if this justice system never gets fixed, fixed, we're always going to have problems. We're always going to have problems because we were. I was still talking the other day where if I do something and you do something nine times out of ten because of my my color of my skin, I'm going to do more time because the justice system is just set up that way. And I think that's that, that's that's and you could do a, a, a way a crime way worse than I did. Mm-hmm. And it's like that sometimes, and I I don't understand why. If I feel like if somebody did the crime, they have to pay for their time, no matter what they did, no matter what color you are. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I feel. I don't feel like it should be. You should be taking out a certain situation so another person can get off. So I've seen it happen numerous times. I've seen it. I've seen it happen with my own eyes. I was in this situation a long time ago. Thank God I didn't have to do that much time and I didn't have a felony on my record because after the whole situation got cleared, my record got expunged. So I was happy about that. But those three components, we need all them three components to, to get together because we don't if we don't get them components together. This world is going to fall like, like it's already doing right now. We need to lift this America back up. They say America is great, but America is not great right now. It's mm-hmm. not great. It hasn't been great for a long time. And I don't know what Trump talking about making making America great again. No, he's making them, he's trying to see America through his eyes the way he wants it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if everybody just go out there and vote, do the positive things, help one another out, don't don't just act nice to people because this is happening happening when years and years down the line after this is over with, still be nice to people. Don't 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 be extra nice now because of the situation is still sensitive. Right. This should have been you should have been polite to people from the from from the way your parents should have raised you from the door since you were a kid. But some people don't understand that. Right. And I, and, and it's absolutely true. And I, again, I really do appreciate Tay rock jumping up on here on the snake sports talk show. And I agree because uh, again, if there is, if there's no adjustment or some sort of change, yes, this is just going to be a never ending carousel. That's going to continuously happen. And I said this, I, I mean, I can't imagine if being in the shoes of, you know, a normal everyday black person getting up, whether you're going for work or you're just having a stroll around in the town and the, that, that, that feeling and that thought and just that perspective of 
what could possibly happen in the span of the day? You know, because especially, you know, when you're driving down and, you know, you're seeing the town, you're driving on the freeway. And then at some point, you know, you're kind of looking all around if is somebody following me like I can't imagine being in in those shoes and seeing that for what it is. And just the type of that anxiety and that pressure of knowing something could happen. I've been there. Trust me, it was one night. I was getting off work. Something must have happened an hour before. I had my whole uniform on. The cops stopped me, told me I looked like a suspect. Because when you, in Philadelphia, a lot of us have big beards. That's what we're known for cheesesteaks, different things like that. But right. it seemed like it says everybody has a beard. Every black person looks like a suspect. Everybody is not a suspect. Mm-hmm. Everybody is not here out committing crimes. Mm-hmm. We still, we have some great people. Just because I have a beard, that doesn't mean anything. It's just, I got stopped. They said, a lot of suspect. I said, no, I'm coming from where here's my ID. Y'all see my uniform? And they still threw me on the ground. Ran my name and didn't let me up out of my handcuffs. I said, what was that for? They said, you look like somebody that just did. I said, I'm just coming from work. I said, this is not possible. I, this is, and, I, and I've had this happen to me a few times. I just never understood why. And then, I, I, then I had to think about it. I said, okay, nine times out of 10, Somebody in Philadelphia is probably doing something. A lot of us look alike, so they probably just thought it was me. But it's still, they still went about it the wrong way. Sure. It's still, and, and when we drive in, anytime, I can say nine times out of 10, anytime somebody, not every black person gets afraid, but when a cop is behind a, a black person, we instantly get nervous. Instantly get nervous because we don't know what's about to happen. Oh, yeah. we're we going to get shot or we're going to get locked up for, for nothing or they, or they want to beat us because me and my, I was about 17. We outside playing, playing basketball. A cop came up and took like three, four of us, two white cops, took three or four of us, took us down somewhere far out of our neighborhood, beat us up and just left us there. Just left mm-hmm. us there. And I never understood why that was happening. And I had to talk to my aunt that was a police officer. She said, it's a lot of bad apples in, in certain police districts where they don't care what they do. They abuse their power. Yeah. And I'm to the point where if a cop put his hands on me, and I don't really want to say this, but I'm gonna tell that cop to take his badge off, and you're gonna to have to hand me a fair amount. You're just not gonna put your hands on me for no for no reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not gonna disres- I'm not gonna disrespect you. Right. Oh, absolutely, and 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 especially that's the that's the kind of change that I I too am pushing for as well. Because absolutely, you know, I'm the kind of person that I don't give up on the whole barrel because of a few rotten apples, but. The real question is, how many more rotten apples do we have to have until, you know, something like this spurs around? You know, it's interesting because I watched the uh, the interview on The Herd when um, Steven Jackson shared his perspective on this. And I totally agree with him. And this was yeah. something that I have pu- I've pushed for for such a long time, because at the end of the day, when you have a, a you know, when you when you hire on officers, and you hire on people who have known this city for years. They know the specific communities. They know the hotspots. They understand what happens on a daily basis. I feel like that those rational-minded people who know what's happening, I think would be the best fit for any department because that's what it's all about is serving those specific communities wherever they may be uh, nationwide and would have a better understanding of what happens on an everyday basis. Um, and maybe, the, and as you've said, we, if that happens, we may have a better understanding of what is justice and what should be taken into action rather than 
what's happening now and the fact that it's showing all of us how divided of a country we really are. Most definitely. Oh, my bad. Shout out to the Raiders, Las Vegas. Shout them out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can say, um, can't wait for them to start. Yeah, um, I just look at it like if people just grow up and stop being young-minded and get out with whatever their parents taught them and just realize what's going on out here. Because I actually read an article, I think on, I think the coach GM or a uh, coach, he was saying when Kaepernick was kneeling, he said he didn't really understand it, but now he really does because his, his, his team, his players broke it down to him. Mm-hmm. So now he really understands what's going on. And Bruce Arians said the same thing. So now that their, their African-American player is letting them know what was the protest for and why Colin was doing that. Now they understand like now he said, if this team does it, he's going to nail down with them because Colin told us four years ago, even yeah. though he was sitting down first, an army vet came to him and told him, if you kneel down, that'd be more respectful. Now you see yeah. everybody kneeling down now, but when Colin did it, he was wrong for it. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like the NFL should, I don't care how old he is, at least still give him a chance because you're, they, they, they were wrong. They were yeah. totally wrong. He wasn't doing nothing wrong. It was never about the flag from the beginning. It was yeah, never yeah. about that. Even yeah, the absolutely. army that said they said that they said he's kneeling because of police brutality. And what's that? There's no, there's nobody disrespecting the flag. He's, he loves America. He's, he said, "Why would I disrespect the flag? People, these people fighting for me, so I could do what I could do." Right. Um. It's not about. It's never been about the flag. And then, uh, if that's the case, I feel like the Confederate flag disrespects disrespects the flag that we in our nation because the the Confederate flag has a lot of racist people on with it. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. I never understood. Okay, I, I know where the Confederate flag comes from and everything, but I, yeah, that's the flag you want to have. Fine, that's cool. Do your thing. But don't criticize other people when they don't want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Like I've had a discuss. I had a discussion earlier about that earlier on some. So I had a friend of mine. He does it on another talk show. He's he's from Mississippi. I did a talk show with him earlier. Mm-hmm. Um. This flag is really being abused right now. Yeah. Because if it wasn't, if it wasn't for a lot of people, and because a lot of, believe it or not, police brutality has been going on for a very, very long time. Have you ever seen the movie Detroit? Oh yeah, I, I've seen Detroit. I've seen a a a bunch of um, you know, a bunch of big time films, and I I, I again, I, I truly look at them for what for what they're trying to. What they're trying to show us, and I know it is a film at the same time, but it's it's the it's the meaning beyond it. That's the only yeah, it, thing that, was, that you look at it. It was based on that's the best based on a true story. Absolutely, and, and also like- jump also jumping on too as well. I don't uh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but also joining us as well, getting us another good perspective is in fact the mastermind of the spotlight sports network and also covers the spotlights raiders talk because you know out here in vegas we need a lot more content from you my man darian i need my hat i need my hat <laughs> so uh you know darian you know this honestly i was challenged all throughout this week and tay rock knows i've said this i was challenged all week long and trying to kind of come up with the words because if any of you have ever seen the movie Stand and Deliver, I believe that millions, if not billions of people are standing for something. And I, I, I understand it. And I understand why they're standing. But I think the biggest question of it all is, 
what's your delivery and how do you deliver? Because this is also leading to my next point of Drew Brees. The fact that Drew Brees came out and said what he said about, you know, and I understand his perspective of respecting military and everything else, but that's not the case in the in the in the state of mind that we are in currently. And so everything kind of got wish-washed. The delivery was not sound. And everybody, including you know LeBron James, backlashed. And he apologized briefly. And I think that that does show true leadership because you have to think about it. Drew Brees has been a guy who uplifted a city after Hurricane Katrina and showed his leadership. But the fact that he holds himself accountable for what he said, I think shows a great amount of respect that he has but at the same time if you don't have the delivery set in place what's the point of saying it? that's the only um, thing that i could say from that from that view what's your guys perspective i feel like it came out at the wrong time yeah and it was worded wrong mm -hmm. and i see why his teammates said what they said because it was he was he was misinformed about the question okay mm -hmm. it was they asked him about the flag what they should have asked them was the question kind of threw them off too. Cause if the question was different, if they would have asked him about police brutality and all that, I don't think he would have said what he said. Sure. I think the question was what it was. He felt how he felt, but I think he didn't understand what, like, like we said before, why Colin was kneeling the first time. He wasn't, he wasn't, I don't, I don't think he really understood why. And, and the reason why I feel like that's how he really feels about the flag that's why LeBron James, LeBron James came out and said it was never about it. Like we were just talking a couple minutes ago, mm -hmm. it was never about the flag. And I hope this season that even though he apologized, the team don't quit on him because of this, because of that. Because in situations like that, a team can quit on you. And 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 if that happens, that's going to look real bad. I know I know they don't want to lose and do this and do that, but when 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 you're feeling a certain type of way that's been going on. But for ages, right? That 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 touches you in a certain situation. I was I still respect Drew Brees as a as a man, as a person, as a player. But I think when that interview happened, I think I don't think that ended there in this particular moment. Mm -hmm. All right. So Jake, before I do anything, I don't know if you see if you see like the two boxes on Streamyard. So you, so if you hit the two boxes on Streamyard, you'll be able to see your background. Oh, no, it's another oh, one. Oh, there's another one. All right, hold on. Yeah, you see, that's oh, a little okay. so you'll be able go. to see okay. your background okay. and make it look a, a little bit better and not, yeah. you know, not messing <laughs> up your background. But um, yeah. what I feel about Drew Brees is that Drew Brees already knew about police brutality and what's been going on. And for him to go out and, and say that in this time of matter, knowing that this has been an ongoing thing, which he knew about, mm -hmm. why would you say it? Right. I understand it was bad timing, but you you stood uh, up against you, you know police police brutality in any other sort. Mm -hmm. So why would you do it? Not even just the interview itself. I feel, I, I kind of feel like it was. I felt I feel like from Yahoo Finance it was triggered because mm -hmm. if you audio if you listen to if you is my audio keep going out? My audio keep going out. Just mute yourself then. I can't can't hear. I don't know what's going on. I'll be right. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. All right. But in my in my perspective, I just feel like Drew Brees knew what he was getting into when he was answering this question. 
he knew because he knew this is an ongoing situation for how many years now and knowing that he lives in a dominant dominant state of New Orleans like of Louisiana right so to come out and say that it was it was tough it was tough for me to hear there I go. There I go. knowing that he's he, he's against police brutality and I understand it's, it's like you know disrespecting the flag but at the same time it was bad timing, mm-hmm. and I felt like it was a, it was indirect to Colin Kaepernick, mm-hmm. and he didn't say Colin Kaepernick's name, but it was right. very indirect, and that's what I didn't like about Drew Brees because when you know Drew Brees are being indirect, mm-hmm. exactly. That's what I'm saying. So I feel like it was indirect to Drew Brees and what he was trying to stand for, but in, in my personal opinion, I don't have nothing against Drew Brees. It's just that his players is going to look at him differently. Sure. Understanding that you apologize and stuff like that, but the the initial the, the initial response of what you said is going to is going to remember in those African American players that you do throw the football to, that you do hand the ball off to, that you right. do that they do have on the defensive side. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you apologize. But at the same token, you should it shouldn't have been said in that context in the first place. Right. And that's and how I feel about that's how I feel about Nick Bangio. What Nick Bangio said, everybody want to come out and apologize for what the remarks was. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't have never been said. If you said it, that means you meant it. Right. And that's and that's exactly what I mean by the term by the term of stand and deliver, because of the fact that everybody is standing against something or they're standing for something. And I think that those are, you know, and yes, and this is why that I think that the education portion of it all is something that needs to be pushed, especially to a lot of uh, younger generations minds, because I think that the, you know, with everything going on, like I really do respect what the protesters are, are pushing for. I really, really do. And I'm all in for it. But when you got the small percentile who believe that it, the only way to get the attention is by looting, burning buildings down, stealing, that's something where my, my feelings are mixed. Because at that point, you instill this mindset of thinking this is the way we're going to get our point across. No, no, absolutely it's, not. It's, it's, and, it's a cry for help, though. That's what it right. is. They're saying you're not going to listen. Y'all, we're going to make y'all listen. Right, and, but and, but you got to think about it too as well. Looting and rioting just don't start for no reason. Right, we have peaceful protesters, and where cops try to end the protest early, that's when people start to riot. That's when people start to destroy stuff because they try to do it peacefully, but the cops that's there, they want to end the protest when it's not scheduled to be ended, mm-hmm. and that's where starts the rioting. That right, that's and, where it starts the looting. That. And then you got you to gotta put it into consideration is that everybody's been quarantined. Everybody has not been able to go outside. It's getting yeah. warm. Coronavirus is doing it. So all of this, and then just, I think the George Floyd thing was just the top of the toting pole. It just spilled over because of what's going on with coronavirus, what's yeah. going on with quarantine. People got outside. It was monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what it was. People was tired. People was tired and they and they got their first opportunity to go outside and do something and that's what they did. Do I agree with the looting? No, because it t- y'all took it to a point where 
you want to loot your own neighborhoods. It's fine that you want to loot Center City and stuff like that because, you know, they mostly predominantly white businesses down near City Hall, which is, or Indians or, or not nothing that's African-American. I totally understand that. But at the same time, you got to understand, I don't think if justice was served the way it was supposed to be served or if all four of them would have got charged, I don't think the riots or anything would have happened. I think it would have been a peaceful protest to make sure that you get the awareness out to the youth. Yes. And then that's why the players come into play. Like they love the peaceful protest, but what's going on, they can't be mad at what's going on with the rioter because the cops really start that. It's just what it is, you know, like, yeah. And and that's the thing is, you know, and, and I totally agree with it as we have Tay Rock and Darian here on the Snake Sports Talk Show. And, you know, I, I, I truly do agree with that mindset because of the fact of and this is even what Steven Jackson had um, had said earlier in the interview was the fact that the reason why it's happening in Minneapolis is because, as you said, that cry for help. There's a reason why that they're doing it in Minneapolis. And that's where I kind of overlook a lot of a lot of uh, places like Atlanta, um, uh, you know, New York City, Los Angeles, even out here in Las Vegas and and, and how they're kind of. Uh, they're kind of going about this because we do remember too when the Rodney King riots had occurred and we remembered the times that it happened in Los Angeles. Um, and I look at, and, and maybe I, I have a different perspective of it only because of where I live here in Las Vegas, where I do think that there are some things. Yes, I understand we have to push for this, but at the same time, because of everything that's being implemented and happening in other cities, is something that I'm like, I don't think we're we're not even in a position where that should be carried out right in this city. Well, I don't know if y'all saw, um, but it's I, a, it's a, it's, go ahead, bro, I, was bro. Going, I, was, I was going to say this because um, I saw this and I saw my brother comment on this on Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's an Instagram, it's an Instagram um, page called No Gun Zone. Yeah. And we saw, yep, we saw a video of Philadelphia cop a Philadelphia black cop choking another black citizen in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. His hands was up. They was trying to cuff him. I don't know what the situation was, but they, they, he, had, he, put, he put his hands up with the cuffs on. He, and he, he put his hands up with the wood. Yeah, they still had him in the headlock and in the, the the um. Then the white the white cop pulled the gun out on the people that was filming it. Hmm. Tell them to back the fuck up. I don't mean to curse. I'm sorry on your show, but you know mm -hmm. that one was. <clears throat> yeah. So I feel like what's going on in Minneapolis is is what they're doing is going on in Philadelphia as well. Right. It's going on in every city. That's why every city is doing it because it's going it's, it's going down to every city. Mm -hmm. It's like these cops are getting off and getting and using a power of authority in every city. That's why the riots are going on in every city, because it seems like it seems like no matter what state they in, these cops get away with it. So I, I completely understand Minneapolis, but I feel like the whole I think a lot of cities are fed up with the system that they have. And that's why they do it in other cities. Because we see other cities like St. Louis. We see other cities like Florida. We see other cities like Atlanta and people get away with stuff that, with Get the police get away with you know the brutality that's not supposed to be there, and and it's it's, it's sad to say. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And and Tay Rock, I think yeah. you had something to say as well. Yeah. Um. That I, I just I, I'm taking up what my brother was saying. I feel like um that whole situation what I saw earlier, my brother, me and my brother were just talking about. I felt like it was it was kind of sad to see because it was like 10, 11 cops out there. It was no need for all of that. Right. There was no need. I'm just scrolling through my phone on Instagram, just looking, and I see this video. I'm like, okay. So after I got after I got done watching the video, I actually I actually showed the cop a video. They was like, that's not how that's not supposed to. It wasn't supposed to go like that. Mm-hmm. I just had to ask for myself just to see what his response was going to be. He said, he said, right. he said, he said he should get some type of punishment or something like that. But I don't think it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to get punished for that. But because yeah. when, I, when I actually asked, that, I showed the video of the cop when I left where I was going, where I was at. I, I showed mm-hmm. the cop the video. He was like, that shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have went down like that. You see, you could, he said, you can honestly see the cups on this man's hand. And he still got a headlock around this man. He said, he was, say, he was basically saying he couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for the people out there, he probably would have never let go. And then we'd have had another situation. Right. Yeah, but it would have got ten times worse from what mm-hmm. this what just happened not too long ago. If that if that man would have died right then and there, oh Philadelphia would have lost it today. Yeah, it would have lost it today. Yeah, and the fact and that I'm they would have lost, to, they would have mm-hmm. lost it even more. The fact that it was a black cop that had it around his neck, not a white cop. They would have right. lost it even more. Exactly. Yeah, and and the and I do time. believe, and I do believe that then the you know the perspective of it all would have had to been readjusted in how we're, that we're trying to go about this, you know, and 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 absolutely, this is the reason why. And as I said, with being challenged this week because of the fact of coming with the response of saying that all lives matter, but the fact of the matter is, is that when you say all is. It's not one sided. I don't see anywhere in that word all that is about one side of the issue than the other. I think that it has to detail on all sides because when you think about it, like especially with these riots and loots, um, it's not only just you know the, the the black communities that are suffering from it that are business owners. These are business owners of all kinds. And this is something that I think it kind of gets wish-washed in some ways. But that is somewhere where the perspective has to be sound and has to be key in all this because it's not just talking about one particular side. It's talking about uh, all sides. I mean, you look at it, as you've mentioned, and I hope people that are watching this are understanding that not only was it just from what had happened to George Floyd, but it's even something in a different perspective, too, that's happening in, in Philadelphia, and you're absolutely right. Philadelphia would have felt a different type of way, and they, yeah, they would have absolutely lost their minds, and maybe probably would have been a little bit more chaotic as well. Yeah. So I mean, like I talked about this on on you know on Gang Green's um, channel the other night. Um, he had me on there, and um, I just hope that we could you know move forward and you know try to bring awareness to our younger youth. That's where my concern is. I mean, yes, I hope these athletes bring awareness, not just to the older folks, but to the youth, because that's what's hurting the most, is our youth. Our youth is so so blinded by a lot of stuff that they don't really care about. I mean, they care about what's going on, but they really don't care. It's like a 50-50 split. It's like they want to 
live their life and be out in these streets and do this and do that. But they don't want to be down at protests. And then when they do get every chance to go outside, like I said, monkey see, monkey do. It's the younger youth that's doing the looting. It's not really the older. It's the younger youth. And there's right. no awareness where it comes to the, to, the, to the younger youth. And that's where it needs to start. Mm-hmm. You know what I was happy to see, though? When I see NBA players actually doing the groundwork in the protest before, you wouldn't see that. I seen Clay. I seen uh, what's the dude with Jalen Brown. I seen Steph. I seen uh, Brogdon. Um, I seen Marcus Smart. I was kind of happy to see that because they're actually on doing the groundwork, like instead of just yeah. saying stuff. You can say whatever you want, but if them people don't see you out there with them, they're not going to really feel like you're riding with them the right way. And they was out there with them, so it kind of made it kind of made their statements more powerful instead of just saying stuff. Now, I'm not saying every player can go out and do that, but the players that did do that, I respect them for it. Because any other protest, you might, you might, your situation might happen, you might see them give their statement, statement, and they go on about their lives. But they're actually, they're actually, they were actually outside with the with the people, and I respected right. that because right. you don't normally see athletes do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's true. You don't see a whole lot of athletes that do. And you know what's interesting is is that um, it, it, it's really kind of interesting. And and yes, I I I love the fact that players in the NBA and even players in the NFL are taking a stand and doing. I mean, you look at Deshaun Watson and what he's been doing. And then I, as I've said before, I think the true leader who's been leading this was Stephen Jackson. The fact that he knew Floyd personally. And how very even keeled and balanced he is with everyone of every kind um, just shows the type of leadership that he's bringing to the table um, in this movement. And I really, really do approve of that. I I agree with it 110%. And I think that that's something that should be expressed more often and something that hopefully can help to educate the youth. And that's exactly as I pointed before is why education needs to be adjusted and needs to be performed like very precise. That's the only thing that I could say from it. Um, and you know, and, and this is why it brings me to my view of this is why that I really hope that baseball comes back. And I'm very happy with the fact that the NBA has a plan. The NHL has a plan and a lot of sports are starting to kind of come about to bring back the unification and the normalcy that we all need in this country. But the fact and what's the disappointing part is that major league baseball is still not at a agreement or terms with the owners and even for the MLBPA with the fact that because they're fighting over money, over financial concerns. And that's something that has ticked me off all throughout this week. So my thing of it is with the MLB, why I think it should come back, because it's been our national pastime for since last year, 150 years. And out of those years, We've been through world wars. We played two weeks after 9-11 hit. Now we're in the middle of a pandemic and we're in the middle of a divided nation and where protests are happening and baseball's not there. So how would you guys describe that of what baseball's plans and what their kind of, you know, their, their actions currently moving forward and why that we, we don't have baseball running at this moment. 
I'm gonna be 100% honest. When it comes to baseball, they're being they're they're being so many they're being so many, so money hungry about the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Like they like the players are being selfish, the owners are being selfish, the whole MLB is being selfish because right now we need sports. Yes. And you said it so many times, so many times, Jake, that baseball is a kid's sport, but baseball yes. brings a nation together as well. Mm-hmm. And this is the time that baseball need to get their sh- – I'm sorry, the curse, but baseball need to get their shit together. Yeah. Because there's no way in hell – that right now you need baseball. That's why they decided to bring basketball back. That's why NFL is is pushing to have their NFL coaches go back into the facility because we need sports. We need awareness in sports, and that's why they're bringing it back. And baseball are the most selfish people right now. Mm-hmm. They're very selfish, right. and I really don't like it because right now, knowing that a lot of people love baseball. But it brings awareness to what's going on in this nation, and it brings togetherness what's going on in this nation through baseball. Everybody know baseball is like one of the top sports, mind you, the top sport probably that pays the most. Yeah, and y'all can't get down to an agreement about money, and y'all the top top league in, in the nation when it comes to these paying dudes, players. These dudes be making me. like hundred and fifty million, like. Oh, that's, that's just that's just the contract. That's not seeming to say how much they're gonna be making with endorsements. Right. Like right. they make a lot of money. They make they make more money than any sport out there. Right. And it's the and that, longest game. It's the longest game in the world. Exactly. Soccer. Exactly. And this <laughs> is why that like when I had seen the day when they de- when they uh, denied the proposal, and because it was 114 games. Um, and they were going to get back on track, not to mention it also gave the players an option for those who do want to participate and those who don't because of the risk, the risk factors and everything else. But now because it's completely denied, it's now just kind of giving you a different view that what is going on with baseball? And I've said this multiple times that I think they should play a season like how hockey and basketball have 82 games. Because in those 82 games, you can form um, interleague games in the middle of it, division rival games, and primetime games. You can promote that because think about it. When you have television ratings, this is one of the reasons why baseball's lacking because the NFL is so key and so is the NBA when it comes to television ratings because of the games they promote and the players they showcase – for people to glue their eyes. Think about it. How many people do you know that when they see LeBron James, they see him and they watch the game, like they, they, they see the promotion for the games. They're like, hey, Lakers are playing. LeBron's healthy. He's playing. We got Anthony Davis. We got Kawhi. They promote that. And in baseball, that's one of the things that they are lacking at with it. And that's the the part that I I don't truly understand, and which is why th- they need to come up with some sort of rational plan to where they can bring this back, and hopefully we'll have a unification somewhere in the middle of it. If it if they just bring baseball back, I absolutely agree. I I agree to to that extent. Like eighty two games is not bad, but you got to really realize. What's going on 
in sports. Like if you bring baseball back for eighty two games, right? And you got the you you got the you got the NBA and you got the NFL, it's gonna be hard for all those great prom time games to be on. It's gonna it's it's gonna be very oversaturated. And I could tell. I could really tell that it's gonna be very oversaturated to a point where we're gonna have a lot we're gonna have a lot of speed gonna have a lot of sports and for us as podcasters knowing that we all a part of the spotlight sports network we're gonna have to work i'm just gonna be honest with you we're gonna have to work because it's gonna be so much going on with um with sports but 82 games i think they should at least i say i think take 20 games off and make it 62 make it 62 yeah. to a point where the season can like right now we are in what the sixth month june. of yep. the year we in yep. june so, mind you, it, and we all know the NBA is going to run into October. We know the NBA is going to run into probably most likely into February if they start one time. And then you got to think about it. October is around the time when baseball is around. So you got to think about the television, the media. It's going to be very oversaturated. So I say 62 games will be more better than 82 in my opinion. I agree. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that I think that's fair as well. Absolutely. So, and, 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 you know, like I said, I mean, with everything starting to open up, this is why I'm, I'm happy with the fact that Vegas is opening up. We're starting to get normalcy back. Um, but you know, hopefully we come to some sort of resolution when it's all said and done. Um, as we're here on the snake sports talk show with Tay rock and Darian as well, part of the spot, uh, spotlight sports network team, uh, as we're wrapping it up as well. Um, you know, just a little bit of some final thoughts with all of this because I, I truly do believe that I, – I mean, I'm listening and I'm learning throughout this whole week and throughout this whole process. And it's really kind of opened my eyes to what needs to happen, what should happen, and hoping that it could benefit and impact – all parts of different generations, especially the younger generations. And so um, I just wanted your guys' final thoughts because even though, like, as we've said, NBA players who have been coming out and protesting as well and now having the NBA back, uh, I've been saying this, that I think that the proposal with 22 teams, with 13 teams in the West and nine in the East, I look at all these teams and I look at it and you see how – highly favored the NBA is to the Western Conference. And I still do believe, I'm with Tayrock in this one, we talked off the air, that it should be evenly divided at 11 and 11. What's your guys' thoughts on that and how the NBA could move forward, you know, depending on it? Because I do believe it needs to be balanced. It needs to be 11 teams in both conferences so that that way then it gives other teams an opportunity to reshape themselves and get a taste of the playoffs. Hold up, Tayrock. Go first because I gotta talk to mom real quick. Hold on. Yeah, like we've been saying off air. Um, I feel like I feel like it, sh- it should be even. It should really be even because if it's not gonna be even, what's the point of really doing it when you're giving extra teams a, a better chance to win when you're leaving some teams out the East when they don't need to be like that? I feel like. Whatever you're doing, some whatever take two teams away from the West and put two teams in the East and make it fair because you're not giving the East the same amount of consideration as you're doing for the West. And I agree with you. The NBA is is, 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 is 
playing favorites at the Western Conference. Yeah, I don't care who's in the West. I don't care who if the if the West is set because when Jordan them played, when the lockout came, the year the Spurs and them won it that that ninety nine year, every team came back, even in the lockout year, every team came back. It wasn't no okay. Well, we are gonna bring these teams back. They got a chance to make it into the playoffs. You already putting teams in the West that's not even in the playoffs right now. Right. Do the same for the East. Yeah. Because I don't. I haven't really looked at the actual NBA standings right now, but I'm gonna look at them and then next time we we'll talk, I'm gonna bring it up and, and see how many teams in the East that was like four or five games or maybe three games away from the playoffs. Give them teams a chance too. Well, and I look at it because there Just was like Washington, there was Washington, Chicago, and uh, Charlotte as well, and those are teams that I I know for a fact that are still in rebuild mode and they're still trying to get themselves back. But you know, I say this because Charlotte has some potential young stars coming up, and then when I look at other teams like Phoenix or Sacramento. It just doesn't really add up for me when it comes to more of those teams in the West because it's like Sacramento's not in a position right now to be feeling like a playoff team. What I have to say about this, and I'm going to be 100% honest about this, the NBA always been favorite to the Western Conference after Jordan left. And I'm going to be 100% honest there just because – of when Jordan left, they didn't want the East to be better, and you could you could tell you could tell like it's it's to a point where the Go to State Warriors might get the number one overall freaking pick. Like seriously, yeah, it's a possibility. Knowing that, understanding that they went off injuries and they was losing games after games after games, I can completely understand that. But in the same token, you got to realize like it's teams that have been rebuilding for years and they don't even get a top ten pick. It's sad. Right. It's sad. And, and this I, just like this whole lottery pick shit is just it's just retarded. It's just retarded mm-hmm. to a point where the 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 those teams that have been rebuilding for year after year after year, they they gotta struggle. They right. still gotta struggle because y'all giving these teams that because because they have stars that's injured, they and they, they gotta lose their record, they still get to get the first round pick. Like, no, like that's bull crap. Right. I feel like that's why that's why I don't like the the lottery, the NBA lottery draft pick because it's stupid. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's like if you have the worst if, to me, it should be like the NFL. If you have the worst team in the league, mm-hmm. then you should be able to get the first pick. Right. Period. Right. And you know and it's it should, a, go, it should go in the order of the Oh, go ahead, Jake. Right. And 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 I, I completely agree because that's why I say it because the only the only organization who still has a lottery pick are the uh is NHL. And but in NHL, and what's interesting about that is is because you have you got talents that come from all over the world. And those organizations could easily I mean they 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 look at themselves that they could push to be competitive, but then there are some teams that will need to be in rebuild mode in order to get back to being competitive as well. Um, but in the NBA, absolutely, there needs to be that kind of uh, fairness as well with that. And that's why I think abolish the, the 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 lottery pick. That's something where I think they need to abolish that, need to just get rid of it and make it like how the NFL does. I, I truly believe that it needs to be in the same form of what the NFL does with the draft. Right. 
Right, and I feel I don't like understand. The, uh, oh, well, I ahead. don't understand the hockey. I don't understand. I can't really watch a hockey draft because I don't really know the positions. Like I just watch. I don't really know the, the actual positions. I know like it's a forward, and I don't. That's all, that's all I really know. I don't really know the actual position. So when somebody gets drafted, I don't know what they're getting drafted for and what they right. with the other team. Me, I would have to really, really start watching it to really understand. Like any other sport, like. Baseball, I know what yeah. they looking for. Football, baseball, other sports, but even right. soccer, I know in certain positions. But hockey is the only one because I see certain letters on different main jerseys. I don't know what that stuff means. Right. See what I what I consider hockey is like. Um, I consider hockey like basketball in some in some sorts because you have to. They they have stats like assists. It goes. It's like points in the NBA. So you gotta consider hockey a little bit like sports, because I mean I think it's not five players on the on the on the ice. I'm not if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> but I still feel like um you can. I, that's how I see the NHL, because I really don't know much about the NHL either from what I see and when I see it statistically when they call certain players guards, or goalies, or centers or stuff like that. I think of the NBA. I think it's just an NBA format, but just still keep it hockey at the same time. Right. Oh, no, okay. abso- okay, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and, I was with that. <laughs> yeah. And, and like I said, I, I, I think that if they do that, they just get rid of the NBA lottery draft and maybe, you know, all these teams that are in current rebuild modes, especially more teams that are in the East, can be able to, um, to, to build themselves to become a competitive yo, yo. team. And that should be fair for all, for both conferences. Both, you know, both conferences with all the teams in, that's representing in them, it would make them easier and it would make them a little bit more balanced. But I really, really do appreciate the time, guys, to, you know, jumping on here because you know what? Like I've said this before, this was, this was a difficult week. This was not an easy week where, you know, finally I would be able to get – a perspective of this and i really do appreciate both of your guys's perspectives because i think also when people see this is it, it would help it would be a little more understanding and i hope that there's a little bit of some education is involved as well with everything that's been currently going on in the world today but tay rock and darian uh of the spotlight sports network as well i really do appreciate you guys jumping on uh hope that you guys stay safe stay healthy in philadelphia and can't wait to do this again soon Absolutely. and i passed you jake i i level past you jake <laughs> Take care, you guys. Let, oh yeah go let everybody know before i go make sure y'all go subscribe to the spotlight sports network we're trying to grow yeah. that channel as we can and make sure y'all subscribe to jake because jake is a part of our Spotlight Sports Network team. We love him and I appreciate him for coming, being a part of this. Um, Tay Rock, I want my Raiders hat. I'm not playing with you. It's gonna be a problem. You got you got me for my Raiders hat, and I've been looking for it for the last five months. And you did that to me dirty. I I I'm so mad at you right now. So when listen, I now I know where you live. Now I know where you live. So now I'm gonna just come and get my hat. That's what's gonna happen. But that all that's all I had to say. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, you guys. And stay safe, and hopefully we'll uh, hopefully we'll have s- something different, something positive at least in the next couple of days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, you know where care. I'm about to go. Yep. <laughs> take All care, right. you guys. Right. Well, there you have it, folks. 
I mean, you've heard it from these great, um, these great colleagues of mine. And as I've said, being a part of this sports network has been a blessing. And I say it, it was a blessing in disguise. And, you know, and, and they said it themselves. Because the more and more that this continues on, and there's no real change, um, absolutely would impact the minds of people who have waited for change, who have been patient with change, and still know nothing has prevailed. And that's something that I hope that at the end of the day, we come to that resolution and we come to that solution as well uh, together. That's the reason why that in the perspective I've had was why I say all the time, all lives matter because anything can happen and it can happen to anybody, not even just in one particular, one particular group, but it's as they've said, you know, this happening in Philadelphia is scary. And the fact that it changes people's minds, perspectives, and they're absolutely right. Philadelphia, if this had continued to escalate, it would have been a lot worse than we thought. And that is something that, as I've said, hopefully we come to that resolution and we hope that we do this together and we don't feel so divided and so separate of everything that's been happening. And I hope that we also, too, get... get a lot of positivity because that is something that we've been pushing for and um, and that's the ultimate goal. I've always said this. In order to defeat an enemy, you defeat him with kindness. You defeat him with understanding. You defeat him by the root of the issue. All this, all of this negativity, all of this looting and destruction and uh, all of just it clearly shows how divided the nation is. I don't speak upon it so much because we're not a political show. That's not what this is about. We're all about sports. And I've seen it in the comments as well. And the fact that we don't need a distraction like sports and entertainment. I understand it. I I I, I truly do understand that feeling. But if you think about it, sports has been very impactful of it. This is why players. Uh, and even some coaches and people within the, the sports world have come out and have sh expressed themselves through this protest. They've expressed themselves. Now, there have been some that have not delivered soundly, but at the same time, this is how impactful that sports in itself really is. I think that if we see more of that and we see more movement, more push and positivity in the world hopefully we can come to that solution hopefully then we can resolve it and unify as a country and we get through this one day at a time and enjoy every moment at a time and those are what's the key moments that you learn about life so i really do appreciate all of you guys jumping on um and being with us here today, this was a <laughs> this was the toughest segment I've ever I've ever even done in my career, I've ever done in my life, and lots of things have happened all throughout my life, but at the same time, it has never stopped me. 
from getting my point across, talking about it, and seeing perspectives from not just my own, but perspectives from others too. I hope all of you guys have a wonderful weekend as well as we continue on. Uh, tune in tomorrow morning. We'll be discussing a little bit more about some plans happening in sports, and hopefully we will get them up and running soon. Just going to be a matter of time, but I really, really do appreciate you guys jumping on. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the rest of the day. Stay healthy, stay safe, and see you tomorrow.